the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. What a beautiful day today. Good morning and welcome back to our regular listeners and hello to our new ones. I'm Dottie Herman and you're listening to Ion Real Estate. Of course, we're the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and practically everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments about selling real estate or real estate issues, problems with your co-op board, if you hate your neighbor, you name it. Anything but politics, because I'm sick of hearing that, um, please give us a ring at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. And by the way, if you have anything that you think the listeners will want to know, you did something great, or you found a, uh, a way to buy something differently, any tips that you have we want you to share with all our listeners, because that's what this show is all about sharing information so we can all be smarter, brighter, and make more money. <laughs> uh, a lot of times we do things and uh, we don't know all the facts. There's so much information out there that it's really impossible to keep up with it all. So we try to inform you on the show about some of the things that could affect you um, when you're buying or getting a mortgage or legally so that you don't make any mistakes. My friend and co-host, Jerry Feeney, is with me today. Good, Good morning, morning, Dottie. Good morning, Jerry. Beautiful day. Here. Oh, yes. I was going to say the same thing. You know, you don't know how to dress. I mean, it was hot today, so I, I had a sweatshirt on, and I said, gee, it's really hot. I didn't need a sweatshirt. But it's yeah. beautiful. And that first was, day of fall, right? Or we're at the equinox now? No, it's the first day of fall, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll keep summer for a little longer. It's fine with me. Uh, <laughs> As all of you know, Jerry is a prominent real estate attorney in New York, and he's here to answer all your legal questions. Not only is Jerry's advice very smart, but it's also very free, which <laughs> never happens in life. I don't think there's anything for free. Uh, for a <laughs> That's listener. not free all the time. It's only free on the weekends. Right. So I encourage <laughs> you to call 866-970-9622 and take advantage of this opportunity. And if you have a mortgage or finance question, our Crackerjack mortgage and finance expert from Citizens Bank Vice President Ace Watersu Spark is here with us. Ace is always happy to answer any questions you might have about getting a mortgage and refinancing or home equity loans. I want to tell you about another important service Citizens offers. Oh, they have so many services, I almost can't keep up with them, so you should go to their website. But it's a free, and it's free also, Citizens Retirement Checkup. 
you know, a lot of us, because people are living longer, and um, if you've ever priced what health care or, you know, you know, when my dad was getting older, we never ended up doing it, but we kind of looked around, and the price of really health care and the price of, 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 you know, God forbid, you know, you can't be alone and you have to go into like a, 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 a you know, a somewhat of a care, whether you need limited care or a lot of care. Uh, it's really expensive and people are worried today. I mean, because they, they live longer and uh, they want to make sure that they live out their life in a manner that they would like to. And uh, so it's really an important thing to do a citizen's retirement checkup because you want to know what you're going to need. I don't want to say the twilight years. I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to say. The dark years. Whatever. Okay. It's dark not just years. when you, but it's not just when you retire. It's how. I mean, look, you know, I always would say to my daughter, if uh, I, sh- I would, this is a true story. And I say to her, you know, she said, mom, don't ever worry because I would never let you live alone. I said, well, I'd rather. That's nice. Okay. That's nice. Oh, wait, wait, oh, let me get to the punchline. She said, now, if you leave me the money mm-hmm. to put a wing on the house, in which I gave her, by the way, okay? Right. right. But, um, you know, so I really can't be really near her in her house. It would be well, a needs, wing. You know, a separate wing of your privacy. Uh, right. But of course, mom, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't make that kind of money. So mm-hmm. you would really need to leave me the money, and then I'll build a wing. Okay, and then you can be in that wing. Okay, so I said, "Oh, all right, interesting." And then she said to me, "She going to take care of you in this wing?" Oh no, no, no. She said, "Mom," and then of course I'm going to need to hire the help. Well, yeah. Which again, I don't have money for. So you're going to have to leave me the money to hire the help. I said, "Oh, so what will you be doing?" So she said, "Oh, I'm the supervisor. I'll be supervising the help." So I said, "You know what?" I think I'll venture on my own. Okay. She said, Well, Mom, you'll be senile and they'll uh-huh. steal from you and they'll rob from you. I said, She said, I'll be watching out for all of that. I said, Well, really, they won't be robbing from me. They'll just rob what I was going to leave you. But I mean, she was very serious when she said that. So what I'm saying is, I, you know, some of you can count on your kids, but, um, you know, it's not like when I, I watched my father and his brothers and. And my mother's family, they all took care of their, you know, their mothers and fathers when they got older. And so I don't I don't know that the kids today are really planning to do that. I guess some are. So I think you've got to really take a look at what you need in your retirement years. Um, And it's not only what you need, it's how you, you want to live, because, you know, it comes up quicker than you think. And if you plan early, I think you have a better result. And you can have goals. And so at Citizens, the retri- the, that retirement checkup takes on just about 10 minutes, and you can do it right online. You'll be able to explore what-if scenarios, you know, like what if this happens, what if that happens, and, you know, what your options are. Get customized reports and create a full retirement plan. You can go to citizensbank.com, or you can call them at one 800 922 Nine 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 nine. That's one eight hundred nine two two nine 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 nine. Now, that's a free service. It will take ten or fifteen minutes, and I guarantee you, ninety five percent of the people will not do it. Not because they don't mean to do it, it 
but they just don't want it. They just get busy in their day and they just don't take the time out for themselves and to do what's important. And I'm probably someone that would have to say I have been the same way. And now I am really making an effort because it really made, I made some very serious mistakes when I just didn't take the time to worry about myself. I was always worried about everyone else. So I think 10 minutes of your time might be the best 10 minutes you spend um, to get an idea. So take advantage of that at 1-800-922-9999. That's Citizens Bank. You know, Dottie, I actually just spent um, last week doing the retirement checkup uh, program with Citizens Bank for 10 minutes. And um, there's so much that I learned that I was missing in my retirement plan. Um, it's really, you know, at, at all ages, right? So I'm still pretty young. And, um, you know, we talked about my goals, what I wanted to achieve by the time I'm 65. And there were so many things that I did not take into account that it was, it was a really good eye-opener as well. So. I know. And Ace, I, um, I don't want to tell your age unless you want me to. But you see, Ace... <laughs> who I always say is an ace and is very, very smart. And I don't see him. He's in his 30s. And he's looking at that now. And, you know, when I was 30, it was the last thing I think about. I hate to say it, but I I really, <laughs> uh, I, I was like, uh, you know, when you're young, you know, sometimes when you're young, you're just busy with your family and work and this and that, and you really don't take the time. And actually... That's probably the best time to do it. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't done it... Yeah, yeah. They said, they said the earlier you are, Dottie, the better it is for you to allocate funds and, and really too, yeah. um, create a balanced perf- portfolio. Yeah. Are you still in your 30s? You've been it's in your 30s a really long good. time. No. Are you still in your 30s? <laughs> yeah. I'm in and it seems 30s, like a long 30s. time you've been in this decade. But now. if you haven't done it... Um, and you're older than 30, it does, it's never too late. Always, it's, it's right. never too late to start. Don't say, like, I should have done it when I was younger, but I didn't. But you can still yep. do it. There's no too late time to do it. Never and, too late. Never. And remember, I t- we talked about this a show or two ago when I said make sure to draw up your wills. Okay? And just remember, Aretha Franklin, who was worth $80 million when she died last month, without a will, a prince was worth upwards of $300 million when he died suddenly at age 57, which is probably not what he was planning on, okay? Mm-hmm. In 2016, he died too without a will. And his family and lawyers continue to fight still over his estate. Tupac was 25, Bob Marley was 36. Jim, Jimi Hendrix and Kurt Cobain were both 27 when they died. Now, I'm not trying to be this voice of gloom. Uh, and they didn't make any provisions uh, for wills. And I understand that because, you know, you don't really think that's going to happen to you at that age. But, you know, life has strange twists and you never know. So it, so there's, there's no age that you shouldn't um, really get that will done. You know, I think Picasso... I think he was 91 when he died. Do you think he had a estate plan? Really? Picasso? I guess he didn't think he was going to die, huh? No, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> so so I guess he knew the time was coming to a halt. But so it's really, really an important thing to do. So, again, it's, it's, it's just something I want to remind everyone and nag you about uh, because you really should do it. And you should take that retirement checkup 10 minutes. 
Okay, again, citizens.com, or you can call them at 1-800-922-9999. Or you can call us right now at 866-970-9622. Again, we, we try to accommodate everyone, so if you don't want to, if you want to call, you can call us. But if you don't want to call us, you can email us at radioshow at elliman.com. Radioshow at elliman.com. Okay, and you can follow you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And if you want to write to us again, you can do that on elliman.com. So, uh, Jerry, to your point, fall began, begins today at 9.54 p.m. So, actually... It didn't start yet. A mm, couple more hours of summer, done. Yeah. It's the fall equinox when day and night are each about 12 hours long. So they're kind of equal. The sun rises exactly due east and sets exactly due west. And also there are exactly 100 days until the end of the year. Can you believe that? Hmm. And the days start to get shorter now, right? Yeah. Yeah, they start, and it starts to get like a little darker every day. Until if you know, until you I get like to, the change of seasons. Yeah, but I don't like getting out of you know work or you're coming out at five o'clock. It's dark. But I just I discovered today that uh, I've owned this property here for three years. Oak trees don't lose their oaks, their little uh, acorns every year. And so I know I didn't last couple of years. I didn't notice. I have all these oak trees. The whole lawn is covered in acorns. So that's what I'm going to spend my afternoon doing is raking acorns and that sounds interesting. Getting them off the lawn. Yeah, it'll be fun. But it's, the leaves are starting to change already. It's amazing how quickly yes. uh, it changes. Time moves on. Yep. I always tell you what happens on this day. So in this day, on this day in 1862, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation that all slaves must be freed by January 1st, 1863. And on this day in 1961, U.S. President John F. Kennedy signed a congressional act that established the Peace Corps. No, it's really a thing. And if today is your birthday, you're a Virgo, and that means you have a powerful personality, and you share your birthday with many famous people. Um, One of them is Tommy Lasorda, who is an American baseball player. I know the name from my dad somewhere along the line. Uh, He was a coach and a manager, and he was born today in 1927. Today on the show, you're going to find out who owns all of New York. <laughs> and Americans who sit on piles of money, well, I, some <laughs> would like to know how to access, access the money they're sitting on. And Ace can explain that to you. Um, before you buy a building, if it's a co-op, a co-op or a condo, um, you have to look and see if we're in a show sign of age. And I have some questions that people have emailed me, so we're going to get to that. Uh, I just want to take a quick question from Victor in the Bronx. Good morning, Victor. Uh, good, good morning, Dottie. I just want to ask a question that I I, cover, I asked before, in, in, uh, to, and Jerry uh, Feeney answered it very well. But I want to have another question about uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Before I ask what was the purpose of it, now I'm going to ask, uh, as far as I know, uh, before the financial crisis, uh, 70% of the mortgages in the United States were held by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And uh, my my question is, would there have been a financial crisis if Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac 
were, you know, well uh, established or, 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 or financially sound uh, instead of going bankrupt. And that's the question. Well, I'll just chime in. Crisis? I'll chime in, I think, uh, and, and then uh, let Ace and Dottie, but I, yes, I think we would have. I think it was not, it was not their inherent instability that did it, but rather the loans that they were uh, insuring were not being underwritten properly uh, and um, they, you know, they weren't the quality that we have today. So we had situations where people who didn't have the income or assets to support the loans were nevertheless being given loans and then being bundled together and calling it AAA credit rated paper when it really wasn't. Um, that to me is the fundamental problem. But let's see what Ace and Dottie think. I kind of agree. I I think it was a combination of things, you know, and if you kind of listen, depending on who you're listening to or what paper you're reading, they blame it on a whole host of factors. Uh, I think that a lot of the loans, they were very lenient on the loans. I know when I bought a second home in the Hamptons, I did not qualify. And um, I called up a loan officer I knew and I said, listen, I don't qualify for this loan. I think, uh, but, you know, I really want this house. So <laughs> I said, so he said, well, do you want, if you want the house, well, then, you know, so we'll get you the house. And that's way. kind of how it was. And um, I just read an article, Ace. I don't know if it's true or not. I didn't bring it with me today. Yeah. But I was reading an article that said people are lying on their loans again. And they're doctoring up income and all this stuff. Uh, and uh, it, it was some real estate site that I was reading. So these are agents that say they know, you know, that some of their cl- the people are just lying. And I know that we at Douglas Selman and Citizens, and when we work with someone, we don't, we don't let people do that. They were saying in this article, and yeah. they, I'm curious if it's true. They said there's a place online that you can go and get phony papers, like phony uh, W-2s and all that stuff. And I, I hope that's not happening. And I hope that if you're... I, I really hope, yeah. And I hope that if you're smart, that you realize, hey, why do you want to buy something you can't afford? Um, and also that is no. fraud. If yeah. you lie on a loan, I mean, uh, Jerry, I mean, that's, a, that's fraud. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fraud to the bank. It's a federal that's fraud. Yeah. yeah. So you could uh, be wearing those stripes, which always make you look fat, and I don't think that that's something you want to <laughs> do. So well, there's other I, good reasons not to go to prison than the uniforms are not flattering. Yeah. But. but if you speak to Ace, he can sit with you and talk with you and help you figure out how to bolster your income or how to make your credit better, or maybe you'll pay off a payment that you have outstanding, a car payment or something. So, I mean, there might be other ways, but really don't. I mean, I don't know that this is true. I just read it somewhere. Just don't. Don't do it. And it was... Yeah, so, it, it, so it, it, with me, and I'll, and, I, and I'll avoid you, you know, getting into that nice orange uh, jumpsuit that so <laughs> it'll be okay. Yeah, no, I know that, okay? So... <laughs> I tell them I don't wear stripes and I don't look good in them. So anyhow, I have a couple of questions. Um, well, I have a lot of them, so I won't do them all, but I'll do some of them. I don't know if that's a signal for me to start the question, complete the question. But basically, his aunt gave her a car to use while she was in Europe. The storm knocked a tree 
on his neighbor's property. And mm. a big branch smashed the front window, guess what, of his aunt's car. The smashed car caper. The neighbor <laughs> agreed to repay, repair the fence and clean the branches, but he refuses to pay the repairs to the aunt's car. What's the answer to that? We'll tell you right after this Let's commercial. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and of course, you're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Jerry Feeney, our legal expert at Ace Water Supar, our financial expert, and me. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm a so real expert, estate expert. 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 Um, so we were talking before the show that Somebody, his aunt lent him his car, which was very nice to do. Well, she was in Europe, and the storm knocked down a tree from his neighbor's property, and the big branch smashed the front window and hood of my aunt's car. And the neighbor has nicely agreed to repair my fence and has cleaned the branches off my property. Well, that was very nice of him. But he refuses to pay for repairs to my aunt's car. Who would be responsible? This is probably one of the most common questions we get about uh, trees falling and doing damage and who's responsible. You just have to start with a, a fundamental question um, when you're looking to assign responsibility. Um, was there any negligence? Did, did your neighbor do anything negligent? So, for example, suppose the, the tree in question had died and it was beginning to rot. Uh, a landowner generally has an obligation to to clear dead vegetation off their property so that it doesn't fall and damage adjoining property. On the other hand, if a tree is alive and is otherwise healthy, and then an act of nature, what we call in the law an act of God, um, causes it to fall down or a branch to fall down, um, you know, the, it, the, the chips lie where they may. So the fact that your neighbor cleaned up the debris on your property and fixed your fence is frankly more than they had to do. Um, we had a situation where a tree fell and it landed across the property line and it was threatening the adjoining neighbor's house and he wasn't even home. So, you know, we took it upon ourselves to go ahead and clear it and clear it off of his property. But frankly, we didn't have any obligation to, to take the tree off of the neighbor's property because that wow. was an act of God. We didn't do anything wrong. So in other so, words, if it's an act of God, Jerry, then you you know, you know might be doing the right, the nice thing to do, but you don't legally have to. There's no legal obligation. You know, you should submit a claim to the car company. It's probably not going to, uh, you know, if you have insurance for the, for, the, uh, for, the, for the car that will cover this, it's probably not going to increase your rates because it's not an accident. Uh, the car was not in motion when it happened. I would call the claim into the insurance company or have your aunt do it. But your neighbor doesn't have any obligation. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, unless the tree was damaged or diseased and hadn't been maintaining it, that's a different issue entirely. Yeah. Again, you're listening to Ion Real Estate. If you want to reach us, 866-970-9622 or call us at radio show at element.com. Now, this question was, um, every house on my street seems to have a for sale sign on it. <laughs> now, nothing is wrong with the neighborhood. And the neighborhood has not changed. 
I'm not sure what's happening. Should I be concerned? I thought of having a meeting with all my neighbors to discuss it. Should I be worried, Frederica? Um, Could it be the toxic waste dump they've uh, There's got to be something to? going on. It's not really, I mean, it could be a freak that everyone decides to sell their house on the same yeah. day or at the same time, but I doubt that's the case. <laughs> there might be something that they know that you don't know. Right. Okay. Right. And I think it wouldn't suspicious. hurt to maybe not have a meeting, but maybe to, yeah, but, but I think that is a smart idea because truthfully, if everyone has their house on the market in the same street, that's mm-hmm. really going to affect their values. It's going to yeah, make their values less. I wouldn't buy a house. I wouldn't buy there. I, I mean, buy. would you no. buy a house? Any of no. you that you said everything was for sale on the street? I would want to know. The answer to that question is imperative. Yeah. So, imperative. Um, Frederica, I think that's, uh, well, should you be worried? Well, I think you should have a meeting with those neighbors. And if there is something that's going on there, um, and there's, you know, I guess you have to find out what it, uh, it is. And I'm, I'm guessing there might be. Uh, then everyone putting their house on the market the same day is only going to really hurt everyone. I, I, I'm not, I don't know what the problem is, but if you let us know and when you find out, um, maybe I could tell you that the worst thing that everyone can do is put their house on the market all yeah. at one time. Okay? And there's that- got to be a reason, and it's very important to know the reason so that people who are coming to buy, you can explain it to them. You know I mean? Because... You would ask the same question. Why are all these houses for sale? I wouldn't touch something when I saw everything for sale. I would have to no. investigate. And I it's, would think they're terrible, usually something. Yeah. Jerry, give away that there's some problem. There's someone asked, can a co-op or a condo board have secret meetings? Can I demand to be at all the meetings even though I'm not on the board? Many other tenants are concerned about how decisions are made in this building. And the minute we receive... And the minutes we receive a month later are not clearly written. Whoever does mm. them can't write. That's from somebody. I won't even mention your name. Rob. I won't even mention your name because if I do, and somebody yeah. on the board is listening, You're they might to, really, you might, good, you know. So I'm not mentioning your name. for renovation. Yeah. <laughs> what? So Ever. what do you think? So uh, generally there's no obligation to allow the, uh, the shareholders in. You know, people have to understand when you're a co-op owner and a shareholder, it doesn't mean that you have a right to vote on everything. Think about, you know, General Motors, for example. And let's say I own 10 shares of General Motors. Does that mean I have a right to go to the board of directors meeting of General Motors and sit there and watch them deliberate over General Motors? They would have me escorted out uh, in handcuffs. You know, they can't possibly do that. The board of directors, your right as a shareholder is simply to elect the board of directors and let them run it. Now, there are some things where, where we have direct shareholder votes that are required under the, under the rules of the co-op. But generally, you know, once a year, there's an annual meeting. If you want to be on the board, run for the board. Uh, you know, if you like torture and you want to <laughs> people say, <laughs> and, a be, thankless run, job. <laughs> and a thankless job uh, that never <laughs> stops being punished. You know, people say, why don't you run for the board? I'm like, I'd rather go have a root canal without Novocaine than be on my board. I do real estate all day long. Now I'm going to go home and, you know, but whatever. That's just my personal thing. But if you want to get involved, you can do that. But you don't have a right to go and sit in the board of directors meetings because they've got to be able to deliberate. They've got to be able to deliberate in privacy, and they can't be. They can't have an audience watching them do everything. So that's Good answer. answer. Um, again, and this is. I'm, I'm, and if I don't get to your question today, I'll get to it the next week or two. Um, we get a lot of questions. 
I want to combine, and Ace, I, can, I think this is um, kind of up your alley. Well, I want to combine two apartments. And again, in New York City, uh, just for the listeners who are not in New York City, in New York City, it's kind of tough, and it can be tough to find an apartment with more than three bedrooms. So uh, you know, if you have a couple of kids, it could be rough. So what, what large families that need more space, what are they doing? A lot of them, uh, one solution is to buy two smaller apartments and then combine them. So the person is asking, well, so I'm considering doing this. And um, I think that it's important. The person recognizes that interest rates are going up that wrote this. And they said, so I, 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 I don't know if time is of the essence, but I basically they're saying we want to do this before interest rates go up any further. Uh, however, uh, how do I finance this? Uh, can I... How do I finance two different apartments? Now, do I go to the bank, buy them both, and then tell them I'm going to combine them? Do you have? Do you, in other words, that's the question. Yeah, this is this is actually really really common, Toddy. Um, you know, believe it or not, so a lot of people are actually combining their apartments together. Um, to your point, you know, they purchased two smaller apartments, or they're planning on buying the adjacent apartment and combining into one title. So if you're, if you're in a co-op, um, you would have to get board approval, but then you would do it under one deed, one title. And uh, condo apartments, um, they do it all the time. I'm sure Jerry sees this quite often as well. Um, but it, it is definitely a trend within the last two years. Um, I've seen it numerous well, it's, it's, times now. I think it's more yeah. than a trend. If you have a family, it's tough. There's not so many big apartments. Yeah, but I was, I was reading because yeah. I, I wasn't sure um, and, and and I really, what I read, that is after you go to the apartments, like after you go to contract on the two apartments and apply for a mortgage, the appraiser, then you need an appraiser who will decide what the apartments are worth after you make the necessary renovations. Now, is it, so like, is Correct. that, so in other words, you have to buy the two apartments now. Well, in other words, how is the mortgage, the bank, Going to know what? Wouldn't they want an appraisal to know? Gee, these this person is buying these two apartments. What are they? Gonna, let's see, and we're going to lend them the money for the two apartments. So we want to make sure that they have a, a normal, a good value. Yeah, you know, I'm actually doing right. two of these yeah. right now, two different deals right now. So after the break, I think we can walk through the kind of step by step of how you do it because a lot of times the person already owns one. And then it's buying the neighbors. That's also common, too. Okay, maybe we could do that because that yeah. is happening. A lot of people do it, and there's probably a couple of ways to you can do it. Yeah. And it is tricky. So we will be right back talking about if you intend to combine two apartments. Maybe you own one now, and you're going to buy another one and add it to it. Or maybe you're going you're going to buy one, and the other one you're going to rent and do renovations at a later time. We'll be right back with those answers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back and you're listening to I on Real Estate. And I'm here with Jerry Feeney, our legal expert, and Ace Water Supar, our financial expert. And we're in the middle of a question um, that someone sent in to us about combining two apartments. 
And I think, Jerry, you were kind of... Yeah, this has uh, kind of become sort of a subspecialty of mine because I've done a lot of them over the years. And for some reason, there's a lot of them going on now, I've noticed. I think it's because it's a tougher inventory. And um, the most common situation is where a person owns their existing apartment and they want to buy an adjoining apartment and then eventually combine it. So, the, you know, the, the key thing is you got to work with a bank that knows how to do it. Um, and, you know, Citizens certainly knows how to do it. The Generally, what you have to do is uh, the property gets appraised at its potential combined value. So the bank is going to appraise um, the property for what it will be after it's combined. And then the bank at closing will hold back some money, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, until the two units are physically combined. One of the kitchens is removed. And uh, there's a, you know, kind of a hole cut between. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it just has to be combined in one unit. But, Jerry, and how then, much do they hold back? Yeah, uh, ten, twenty thousand dollars okay. It depends on, okay. situ- depends on the bank, depends on the situation. Um, you know, you've got to work with, I mean, it's always good to work with an experienced real estate lawyer on a combination. You really have to because it is a bit of a minefield and condos are different than co-ops. Um, in some ways, co-ops are easier because... In a co-op, you're not going to get approved for the the purchase of the second one unless implicitly the co-op is approving the combination, right? On a condo, you Wait, don't... wait, wait. So on a co-op, would you have to go to the co-op board first before you even thought about it? Well, no. You, you apply for the purchase of the, of the co-op, the adjoining neighbor's co-op, just like you would when you applied for yours. But by definition, in your application, you're telling the co-op, our goal is not to rent it out. Our goal is to combine it with our existing unit. So if they approve it, they are approving not just your purchase, but they are approving the concept of combining them. And at you that s- point, Jerry, do you have to show them what your plan is? Or depends no? on the, it depends on the building. Some buildings want to see a uh, plan. Some buildings just want to see sort of a rough sketch where you're going to put the uh, the wall between the two. And whether there's any, um, and they might want the building structural engineer to opine that the combination is not going to interfere with any kind of a structural integrity of the building. On a condo, however, you don't really apply for, uh, I mean, you apply for a waiver that the building is not doesn't want to exercise its right of first refusal, but their approval is not in any way um, addressing the issue of the combination. So. Before you go into contract, I always say at a condo, you've got to get a sense from management as to whether they're going to allow it. They're not going to give you an absolute 100% answer, but you have to at least approach management and say, we're thinking about combining these two apartments. You know, Generally, what's your feeling and, and would you be inclined to consider it? You know, We had one situation where the that particular line combination, let's say an A B line, had been done on another floor and it was a disaster because of structural issues that the building engineer said never again will we allow an A B combination. Well thank goodness we went to the you know management before we went into contract because this person did not realize that that A B combination had been a disaster. They said, Oh yeah, somebody else in the building did it, therefore I can do it. That's not true. So the, another person did it, and it was a disaster, and the building's engineer will never allow another A-B combination. So there's a lot of yeah, issues and, you, and, and nuances to go You have to go to somebody through. like Jerry who's very experienced in doing that. You can't just go to any attorney. Um, right. 
And and that's with anything in life. I mean, if you're right. getting a divorce, then you go to a divorce attorney. Right. If you're getting, I mean, and if you want to do yeah. anything in real estate, you need to do Jerry. And as far as banks, as they said, you need to be with a bank and someone like Ace who deals with this all the time. Who understands and understands it, yeah. it because it's tricky. Who understands it? Yeah. And I was also reading that if you like, if you, I was reading that if you plan to hold, like, if you have one apartment and then. Like, say, say you're living in, in one, okay? Say you own it. And then you figure, oh, my neighbor's is coming up for sale. I don't have the money to renovate it now, but I, but I could buy it. And when I'm ready to renovate it, I'll have my ideal apartment. And um, they say that you have to get a loan. Is this true, um, Ace? That you have to get a loan and make that an investment per- purchase? And they then they want to see 30% owner-occupied building, and then you have to, like, kind of say that it is uh, that it's not your primary that's not your primary investment and it's a investment unit if you in other words if let's say you don't have the money but you know the neighbors you're going to do it years down the road yeah the neighbors apartments don't come up every day do it years down the road yeah so then that's a whole different circumstance correct that's a whole different circumstance Dottie. and and to Jerry's point you know a lot of these combinations um, you really need the board to understand what you're doing. And, you know, there's two things that the bank will require, right, which is an, a CFO or a type 2 alteration. And basically, um, we have to be able to combine the tax lots into one tax lot, right? So when you purchase one adjacent to each other and you own one already, you have two separate tax lots. Let me just and say really what this. you want to do in a condo. Yeah. It's tricky. Don't try to do this on your own, (laughs) and don't try to do this with your brother-in-law, who is a divorce attorney, who's going to do it for free, okay? You need to have experts on this, okay? Make sure you go to the, you know, someone who's dealt with this financially and and on the finance part, and also uh, an attorney like Jerry, who knows, you know, and knows what to ask the board and knows how to maneuver it, because it's tricky, Mm-hmm. It's very tricky. And by the way, let me take a quick question from John. And by the way, 866-970-9622. John from the United States. Yes. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling us on Iron Real Estate. Do you have a great question for us? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have a tax question. Um, Shoot. Uh. Well, hello? Yeah, we're listening. Okay. Uh, I moved into my mother's apartment, co-op apartment that she owns five years ago. She moved out, and I moved out of my co-op apartment that I own, and my daughter moved in. So now we both want to sell. I'm just wondering if we have to claim it as investment properties now, or is that still um, tax-free? So you moved into mom's co-op. And made it right. your principal residence, right? Yes. And were you paying her rent? Maintenance, yes. You paid her maintenance, okay. And then your daughter moves into your co-op and makes it her principal residence, right? Right. Yeah. It's not good <laughs> for tax purposes because you, <laughs> and this has been for five years you've done this, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to blow your principal residence exclusion. You got to undo this okay. uh, because 
um, you know, the, the big gift uh, that survived the tax reform uh, was, you know, the, the kind of the granddaddy of them all. The, you sell your principal residence. If it's been your principal residence for two of the last five years, you exclude uh, tax on the first 250000 of gain. And if you're married filing jointly, you exclude tax on the first 500000 It's a gift. You don't have to reinvest it. You can do anything with it. You can go to Vegas and put it on the craps table. They don't care. And you can do it every two years of your life. And it's a huge, huge benefit. So by by uh, if you were to sell your co-op now, you could not get that exclusion because it has not been your principal residence for two of the last five years by definition. If mom sells okay. her co-op, she can't get it either because it's not her principal residence. So we right. got to we got to What about his daughter? One. His daughter doesn't own, right? His daughter doesn't own either of these? No. All right, yeah. she's just renting. So she's, yeah, yeah. Right. So I would not be so quick to give that one up. It's a really, if you've got a gain, and I'm sure mom's got a big gain in hers, I would, uh, right. you know, is mom still with us? Is she able to reoccupy the property? Yeah. You know, I would consider it. I would consider it. It's a lot of money. You know, tax on two hundred capital gains on two hundred fifty thousand um, <clears throat> could uh, easily be. Uh, let's see, two hundred twenty fifty fifty thousand dollars easily. So we're not talking about right. chump change here. Right. All right. Okay, so Sorry. we would have to move back to the property for two years and then sell. Yeah, to, I mean, maybe uh, you want to maybe it. maybe you want to stage it. You know, you move back to yours and. Mom reoccupy hers and and then think about uh-huh. selling. I mean, it may not work in the grand scheme of of the other considerations you have, but certainly right. under the facts and the facts that you presented, neither you nor mom would be eligible to get the principal residence exclusion because it was not. So you're both going to pay too much taxes. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, would a ten thirty one be possible? Well, ten thirty one possible for property held in productive use in business trade or investment doesn't sound like you're doing that either you see because you're not you're not renting it out uh you're you're you know occupying it by a family member so that's you're in, you're in this classic limbo situation that's not going to work for either one of them and remember 1031 mm-hmm. only defers uh tax on the gain it doesn't eliminate it you always want to take uh the the principal residence if you can because that one is a complete exclusion of the tax on the gain whereas the 1031 right. and you can do both if you structure it properly, that's an advanced topic. But you always want to do the the principal residence if you can. Okay. okay. Good luck. Thanks, John, okay. and good luck. Thank you. That's a good question. See, that's, you know, it's, and you know what? I mean, you'd be surprised how many situations come up that mm-hmm. you really have to kind of really go to someone who's an expert, and then you want to make sure that you double-check their credentials. A lot of people call themselves experts in things and aren't. Yeah. So um, anyone you hear on our show, believe me, we've double checked, triple checked, quadruple checked. Okay, because we want to make sure that that somebody who's um, really the best in what they do are on giving you information. By the way, you know, Jerry, I know you and I love Halloween Mm -hmm. and it's coming up very soon. And so they Realtor.com conducted um, a survey and they asked people, would they live with it? Would they buy a home? I'm and, if, and, and if you have an answer to this or you want to chirp in, but if you, um, you know, then call us at 866-970-9622. But they asked people, 
Okay. Would you buy a home uh, if there was a ghost living there? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And 58% of the people said yes, they would live with a ghost. (laughs) I thought that was kind of high. I don't know if I'd buy a house with a ghost. Would you? I, you know, I don't maybe believe if you in met the supernatural, them. as you know, but if... Uh, well, if you met if, the ghost? <laughs> maybe, well, Ace, if you met the ghost and you thought they were a nice ghost? Like a friendly never, ghost? Never, Daddy, never. <laughs> no? I don't think I would, but... It's, it's, so that's a high number, but 50... And, and Realtor.com is reliable, so 58% of people would live with a ghost. Now, 33% of the buyers said they were completely fine with living in a haunted house. Again, I wouldn't be, but, okay, so I'm not the majority. I mean, well, that's 33%, but that's still a big number. Um, 25% will said they wouldn't commit to it, but they'd at least be open to living they'd in have to, in They'd a have to meet house. the ghost first, I guess. Well, no, now mm-hmm. they're talking about a haunted house. Because, you know, with yeah. Halloween, we always right. do a little special on some haunted houses, which we'll do for you, but... Uh, 25% said they'd be open to living in a haunted house, and 33% said they would, and 42%, the majority of people said, no way. <laughs> Here's where I wouldn't live. I wouldn't live in one of these, like, you know, like Amityville Horror House, the very house that, you know, 10 people were murdered in and has all this, uh, you know, is well-known and stigmatized. I-, I wouldn't live there. I wouldn't, it would freak me out too much. And also people coming to visit and all that stuff. And no. then the people, but listen to this, the, the, the people that um, kind of were iffy about it, you know, and said, you know, I, I really don't know that I would want to live with a ghost or that I would want to be in a haunted house. Uh-huh. Okay, said that they would be less iffy about it if there was a big price reduction <laughs> uh, or, or access yeah. to a better neighborhood. So if the haunted house was in a better place. It was oh, like an, they okay. might consider being in the haunted house because it had good school districts and things of that nature. <laughs> a prestigious and, haunted house. Yes, and thirty-five percent said if there was more square footage and extra bedrooms, that might make them say yes. So, so you're again, being terrorized by this demon in your house. But you're in a great space. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and, big, and you have and a, a bigger big house, <laughs> and you got a price reduction. Right. So you know, you know what I tell people: everyone has a number. <laughs> You know, when people ask me, okay, someone said no. What does no really mean? Yeah, in real estate it means maybe. It means maybe. <laughs> I think we have the news coming up, um, and, and then we'll be back. But 42% of the buyers believe they have lived in a haunted house. And, of course, what about those cold spots? 48% of respondents said they could tolerate, you know, those, those are kind of where the dead came it's or something. turn the heat up. Yeah, no, that, you know, with those are from apparently those cold spots, they can see ghosts or something. Oh, really? Yeah. But if they were, tables were lifting and things were being left, <laughs> then some of the people said, okay, that's their limits. Okay? Things well, yeah, the table levitating is a little bit much, yeah. <laughs> Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.